A state senator is introducing a proposal to change our state's constitution in order to strengthen reproductive rights and protections. Democratic Senator Karen Kaiser is pushing for the amendment. While Washington already protects abortions, she says this is important to pass after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Our state laws are at risk of being revoked by this current U.S. Uh, Supreme Court. That's why we need to have our own constitutional standard in our own words. Welcome to the Father's Day. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Remember, you can support the Father's Day at thefatherstate.tv slash donate. Also, we are on Locals, so you can support us there as well. Just click the link in the description there to support our work. I have with me today Senator Karen Kaiser. She is the president of a Pro Tempo of the Washington State Senate representing its 33rd legislative district. Senator Kaiser, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for inviting me, Jesse. No, I totally appreciate it. Um, I, I was wondering this morning, what made you decide that you want to run for government period, become a senator and all that? How did that happen to you? Well, I don't think I ever actually decided. I think it was a bit of an accident. What happened a long, long time ago is that um, the person who had been holding uh, a seat in my district decided to run for another job, and he lost. So there was a vacancy, and I just said to myself, well, hell, I can do that, and I threw my hat in the ring. I didn't give it a whole lot of consideration. After I won, I uh, had a reckoning, an awakening about what the heck did I just do? What was I thinking? So it was um, it was an ill-considered choice, but in the looking back, it was a, a really um, wise thing to do. But at the moment, when I had a young family and a shaky marriage, it was a, a really uh, awkward situation. And so at the time, you were married with children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and how yeah. did your husband feel about you running for a Senate and, and won? Right. He had been um, gone a lot because he was an independent filmmaker and he was traveling all over the world. So he wasn't really around all that much for my day to day decision and uh, activities. Uh, when he came home and realized what had happened, though, he was not that happy. I will grant you that. And then um, when I started serving, he started keeping a time card on me because I had to go to the state capitol and attend all the meetings and yeah. try to get home after a while. And he was really feeling abused, if you would, or at least neglected uh, that I wasn't there to cook dinner and be there for him. Um, so it was difficult just say it was difficult. We had some rocky years. Uh, we ended up separated and then ended up getting divorced. But I will say the kids they're really resilient, and they've all grown up to be healthy, young, independent, active individuals. And do, when you look back on it, now that you're divorced and all that, 
and the kids didn't have the father and mother there together, do you regret running for Senate or keeping that position rather than obeying your husband? No, I don't regret it. I do think I made the right choice for my life and for my kids. Uh, the man I was married to was very controlling, and um, the, my daughter in particular felt that he was abusive. So I, uh, I didn't think he was actually abusive, but he was incredibly controlling. And uh, so that was then, but that's 20 years ago now. Uh, are you a Christian? I am. I'm an active member and sing in my church choir. Really? And shouldn't a wife, a Christian wife, obey her husband? I believe that we are a partnership. And when I married my husband, we acted as partners and we made decisions together. But he changed. And uh, it was unfortunate that he decided to become somewhat of an um, individual who wanted his way all the time instead of working as a partnership. And does God see a marriage between a man and a woman? Does he see that as a partnership, a husband and wife? I think that God sees all people as his children, whatever relationships they are in. But does he see a, man, a husband and wife as partnership or husband and wife, and that the wife should obey her husband? I don't believe that the uh, God I worship and Jesus Christ, who I also worship, has that kind of attitude about women. In fact, one of the things I really enjoy about Christianity is that it gives, I believe, the authority of agency to women that other faiths don't necessarily do. And what's that authority? What do you mean by that? That you make your own decisions with your own conscience and your own faith, and you aren't controlled by another person. Really? And so were you disappointed that your marriage ended as a result of wanting to be a senator? I um, don't think the marriage ended because I wanted to be a senator. It, it ended because my husband did not feel that he got enough attention and time from me because I was busy at my job. Right. Now I was working as I was working two jobs at the time because in our state the legislature is part time. So I had another job that I had to maintain as well because I supported our family with my income. His work did not bring in the kind of money that would care for our family. So or pay the mortgage. So I had to keep working to pay the mortgage and take care of the kids. And he would go off and travel to all kinds of parts of the world. And, um, you know, he'd come home and expect everything to go his way. Amazing. And so how many children you and your husband had together? Three. Three. All girls mm -hmm. or boys and girls? Two boys and a girl. Amazing. And so mm -hmm. why would you marry a man that was not capable of taking care of you? Oh, he was capable. He just decided that he really wanted to pursue his own dream, which was to make independent films. Oh. And so he took off and did that. And I supported him in his dream and his ambition. And he was good at it. I'm not complaining about his work. It right. was good. And he did a good job. I just don't think that um, it was beneficial to our family. 
And, and did the kids suffer as a result of the divorce? No, I believe they actually thrived because of it, because the um, unfortunate time that we were having a, a rocky marriage was a time when um, they felt they, you know, children are very intuitive and they could feel the uh, disputes and the emotions that were going on. And they became more, um, they, they just withdrew. They didn't uh, participate. And it was hard on them when we were having uh, those disputes in our home. And I believe that it was a relief to them when uh, my husband decided to leave and move out. Uh, uh, who are they closest to you, you or their father? Me. They're, they're still closest to you? Mm-hmm. I'm very close to my kids. Oh, amazing. So one last thing that I want to ask you about this uh, pro-tempo. Tempo. Um, were women created to lead or to follow? I think God creates all people to be the best they can be, whether that's to be a leader or a follower. And were women created to lead or to follow? I don't believe God created women to do any one thing, any more than he created men to do any one thing. I think God gave us agency to find our future and to achieve the best we can for our world and for him. So I don't see it as a sex role, a gender role. I see this as a human role. And so you don't believe in the order of God, God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman and woman over children. You don't accept that order from God. I accept my understanding of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is that the um intent for human beings is to do be good stewards to of our earth and of our people and to do the best we can to glorify and to praise and to do the way of the world that you can make better and that's what i think i have a mission to do and i believe i've actually achieved a lot of that in my work in the legislature and so you don't accept the order of God in Christ, Christ over man, man over woman. You don't accept that. I hear from my, my pastor and from my church that all people are created equal. And we don't have superior human beings. We are all equal. Is your pastor a man or a woman? I have three pastors in my <laughs> church, two men and a woman. Okay. And so one last time, you don't accept the order of God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman. You just don't accept that. I do not believe in superiority of men over women. No. When God created it that way, did he make a mistake? God did not create it that way in my view. But in his view, he did. In the Bible, in the word, he did. No, I Was don't that believe a mistake? so. That is not the way I read the Bible, and I do read the Bible. So we have a difference in theological positions. Jesse, I don't believe that men are destined to rule over women. Really? And then, oh, you just said something that made me think of something else. And so if that's not true, that man should rule over woman, how can women go out of control when she doesn't have 
her father as a little girl and as an adult woman, when she doesn't have the man over her, why does the woman go out of control? Well, I think boys go out of control just as much when they don't have a good parent. I've seen many, many young juvenile men go wrong when they haven't had good parenting. So I think that happens to all humans, whether they're female or male. Should a man ever listen to a woman? Well, I would hope so. <laughs> God said that a man, because you listen to the woman, you suffer. And so I noticed that every time men listen to women, they suffer. That's an odd position, I think. So was God kind of odd? No, I think your position is a little <laughs> odd. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to ask you about, you're the president, if I'm pronouncing it right, pro-tempore, right? It's actually pronounced pro-tempore, but that's okay. It's just a Latin Latin verb that's used in legislatures. Um, and it's a simply, simply that I preside over the entire Senate. It's a position that is um, elected by all the members, both Republicans and Democrats, and it is a position of authority because I must enforce the rules for all members in their decorum, in their speech, in their presentations. And uh, rule, if they're out of order, to ask them to cease. Amazing. And so this is up in Washington State. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you have an interesting background in that I read that you... You moved to California when you were yet in high school, right? That's right. In my senior year, I had incredibly um, change in culture because I grew up in Iowa in a very small town and a very close community. And we moved to Orange County, California. Yeah. It was uh, quite a cultural change. And did you like California at the time? I did, actually. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And so now you live in Oregon. Would you prefer California or Oregon? I live in Washington now, but oh, Washington I State, actually yeah. I did live in Oregon too because um, I first started working in Oregon. But uh, and I've also lived in Colorado. I will say I prefer the western states to nice. the eastern states. And so, are you Democrat or Republican? I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. And so, are you like a feminist? I believe that every person makes their own choices and they have a right to make their own choices. And, and so are you a feminist? I would say I am a humanist. I believe all humans have a right to make their own choices. And so when men listen to you in the Senate and in, in other places, are you surprised that they are so weak that they would take orders from a woman? Well, our rules of our legislature are that the president is in charge of the process. And so that is the rule. And we operate by the rules and our laws. That's what a legislature does. Would you ever want a woman to be over your, let's say your son got married. I don't know if they're married or not, but let's say they got married one day. Would you want their wives to be over them or would you want them to lead their wives? I would like them to be partners and equal human beings. And so would you want their wives to lead them? 
I would like them to be partners. So nobody is superior to anybody else, in my view. That's amazing, huh? I find it very standard. And I find most behaviors in, in my family and in my church and in my community are based on basically equal rights. That's what our country is based on, as far as I'm concerned. But look what happened to the blacks when they gave up the order of God. Because at one time, the, it was the, the husband, the wife, the children. And when they were living in that order, black people were doing very well. They were independent. They didn't rely on the government. They didn't hate white people. They were not blaming and whining and complaining, affirmative action and all that mess. And then they gave into the civil rights movement. They became Democrats. And they changed the order where now the, the black woman is leading the way to hell, but leading the way. And things are all messed up. If, that, if God meant for it to be that way, why did the blacks go to hell in a handbasket when they broke their order and, and allowed the woman to take over? Jesse, I don't have any authority to speak about the history and the experiences of black people in our country or in other countries. I don't have that experience, and I don't feel I have the um, knowledge or authority to speak to it. So I just can't answer your question. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm really talking about as a Christian. Do you support abortion? I support the right of every human being to make their own choices about what they will do. Do you think that a woman has a right to kill the man's baby inside the womb without his permission? I believe every individual has a right to their own choices. Now, I'm not on this program, Jesse, to have a theological argument with you, but I obviously have a difference of opinion right. than you do. And so you think it's so as a... Don't argue the theological stuff. But as a woman, as a Christian, as a mother, as an ex-wife, you believe that a woman, do you believe a woman has a right to murder the man's baby inside a womb without his permission? I believe that a baby becomes human when they give life, when they are born and take the first breath of life. That, I believe, is when the Holy Spirit enters the baby's soul and they become a human being. Before that, they are not a human being, and they are not a baby. After they're born, they are. When they're in the womb, are they dead or alive? They are a living uh, tissue and then a living uh, organism, but they are not a human being or a baby. Do we as human beings have the right to take the life of someone else? As you well know. Of course not. Then why do women think they have a right to take the life of a man's baby inside the womb? Because it's not a baby. It is not a human being. It becomes a human being when it is born and it gets the breath of life and God enters their soul. That is my belief in the creation, if you would, of life. And many other faiths have a similar belief. That's amazing. What's the difference between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party or Republican representatives and the Democratic representatives? 
I can't speak to um, everybody who's in each party, obviously. I think that um, Democrats are more open-minded and Republicans are a little more oriented towards taking orders. Can you give me an example of what you mean by that, an example of that? <laughs> well, you know, Will Rogers always said, I'm not, I don't belong to any political party because I'm a Democrat. Because de Democrats are very, oh, I would have to say, um, open-minded about what they will do, and they don't follow orders or fall in line very easily. And I find that in terms of um, the other party in, in our state, most of the Republicans are very nice people, but they do take orders. And who do they take the orders from? Well, in terms of the legislature, they take orders from their leadership. But the Democrats don't take orders. We are less likely to. <laughs> That's a good point. And why is that? Why don't the Democrats take orders? Like I said, Will Rogers, um, the humorist, said, I don't belong to any political party. I am a Democrat. Um, <laughs> they're not as organized. Let's just say that. And so should the Republicans take order? It's up to them. It's their choice. Is that a weakness or a strength to take orders? I think that sometimes it's a strength and sometimes it's a weakness. That is such an interesting point because I've noticed that the Republicans always try to get along with the Democrats. Oh, we're going to work together. We're going to do this. But when the Democrats are in control, they give the Republicans the finger and they do whatever they want and they don't work with the Republicans or anything. Well, unfortunately, that's uh, not the experience I've had. I work with Republicans all the time. And in fact, I find that legislation that's going to stand the test of time needs to be done with the in. Um, inclusion of our colleagues across the aisle and with some of their support as well. One of the bills that I worked on for some 15 years, paid family and medical leave, yeah. allowing people who have a baby or adopt a baby or allowing someone with a sick spouse to take time away from their job and to get um, some benefits while they're off the job to take care of their baby or their spouse or whoever they need to care for. And I was able to get that bill passed with Republican support. Wow. And because of that, I think it will stand the test of time and not be repealed. Amazing. I was going to ask you about that bill, too. I read about it. Is it fair to the taxpayers that they should have to pay for some woman who got pregnant and it's time to stay home to have the baby, and she get all this time off, the company has to suffer for it, the taxpayers have to pay for it. Is that right? That, so that, that isn't, it should, isn't actually paid they should for have by to pay for it. Yeah, it's not paid for by taxpayers. It's paid for out of a, um, a payroll deduction from the paycheck of the individual workers and by a contribution by employers. It's very much like um, workers' compensation, very much similar but, to that. But they and we have a we have a, in every state we have a system of industrial insurance called workers' compensation. When a person is working and gets injured on the job, they have a right to get medical care and benefits if they need time off the job to re to recover. 
And that is based on an insurance program that employers and employees pay into. Paid family and leave is exactly the same kind of concept. But it's, it's unfair to the employer that he should have to pay for some woman to stay home. And now they pass another bill where the man stay home too. Like he's the woman, right? He stay home and act and like the woman and the company have to pay for that too. And the government is forcing the company to pay into that. Is that right? In the bill that we passed into law, business supported it. And they still support it. They sit on the advisory committee and offer their perspectives. They find that when they allow, and it's, by the way, the most popular program in our state, they find that when people are allowed to take care of their families in times of medical emergencies, that their workers come back and are more productive and are better employees because of it. And that's what business is telling me. So I think um, theories are one thing, but practical advice from people on the ground doing the job is more important. But, and now they're doing it for the men to stay home too. First of all, that's not right that they should have to pay for the man to stay home. And what's wrong with the man that he stay home as though he had a baby? The woman had the baby. What's wrong? What's wrong it's with the man limit, that he no, had? It's, like, it's not limited just to care for babies. It's also available for people to care for aging parents who have maybe had a fall and broken their hip or to take care of a spouse who has cancer and needs care or maybe to take care of their own medical emergency because they fell down somewhere and had a bad accident. So it's a more flexible program than just parental leave for moms. It's open to anybody who needs it and who pays in the premiums. They've earned by working a certain number of hours, they've earned the benefit. But the company is forced to put into it too. Uh, but do you respect a man who would stay home to act like a woman? So I don't have the same uh, concrete gender roles that you do, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay for a man to take care of their family, too. Really? What's the purpose of having mm -hmm. a wife if the man going to play the woman's role? It's not a role, in my opinion. It's a parent. It's a job of being a parent. And if a parent is a man or a parent is a woman, it's their job to take care of their kids and their family. But God created the man to go out and provide, get the job, bring home the, bring home the bacon. And he created the woman to cook the bacon and feed it to the man. <laughs> well, that's not in any Bible I've ever read, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not bacon, you know. Especially not bacon. Right, but you know what I mean. Well, that would be considered unclean meat, if I recall correctly, from the Old Testament. But, if you know, the man was created to provide, and the woman was The man was created because God created the man and the woman. And did the woman come from the man or from God? From God. What? The, the man didn't come from the woman? I mean, the woman didn't come from... God created all. Did the woman come he from God? He is the creator of all, Jesse. You know that. Did, He's did creator the, of heaven and earth, much less people. Did the woman people. come from God's body or from the man's body? God created both. But, In fact, he created our universe. 
But so did, we agree on that, right? But does she come from the man's body? I do not believe a woman is a um, is a what a child of a man. No, I don't believe so. I think God created all. You don't. You don't believe that the woman is created in the image of the man. Nope, I don't, Jesse. I've said what that about, about a thousand what times. What kind now. of Christian is I you? Don't see. <laughs> I am. A, I am born and bred Lutheran. Whoa. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you don't seem to either understand or have any of the values that are totally from God. It seems like you're deviated from all of that. Why is that? I read the, I read the Bible every week. I go to church every week. I sing in my church choir. I'm a spiritual being. But I thought we wanted to talk about other things. We do. We want to get to that. Were you close when you were growing up as a child? Were you closer to your mother or your father? I think both. They but, were wonderful people. But who were you closest to? I don't know. I never had that question asked before. My dad died earlier than my mother, so I became oh. closer to my mother after he passed, yeah. of course. And um, I don't, I don't know that I ever had um, any particular uh, preference. I was close to both. We had a wonderful family. You are. Uh, you graduated from UC Berkeley, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've always said that a man should never marry an educated woman because she doesn't make for a good wife and mother. Am I right about that? <laughs> no, you're wrong. But that's up to you. It's your call, your choice, your family. And how am I wrong? I don't agree with you. I don't know that you might be right for yourself and your family, but it's not my way. Amazing. So uh, this program we were talking about when the government pay the woman to stay home extra time and now the, the husband is staying home like he's the woman too and it, the company has to pay for that. When men were in control of the government, the police departments, when men ran things, they would never allow anything like that to happen because men are not emotional like a woman. And to me, that, oh, that's a... Now that's a joke. I'm sorry. Men are just as emotional as women. But a man that's emotional is a woman. No. Men are logical. And so when men were in control, and because they were logical and not emotional, we had a better world, a better society. And then once they let the woman come in and the man became emotional, everything went to hell in a handbasket. I disagree with you, Jesse. That's all there is to it. That's amazing, huh? Mm -hmm. Do you support... Should women play in men's sport? I think that it's up to the individual to choose what they want to do in terms of athletics and education and livelihood. It's up to the individual. It's not for us to choose their limits. They make their own limits. And should women be allowed to play in men's sports? I think it's up to the individual, not based on gender, not based on how much money you have, not based on what color the skin you have is. It should be the individual's choice. And should women, should men be allowed to play in women's sports? It's up to the individual. I don't believe in dictating 
to others. And so these women, now that you have men playing in women's sports, swimming and track and field, whatever they're doing, and these women are bitching about it, are they wrong for being upset that men are playing in women's sports? I can't speak to this. I don't know the issue that well. So I can't speak to it, but I do heartily believe that it's up to the individual to decide for themselves and not to be told what they can and cannot do. Are you for uh, same-sex marriage and all that stuff too? I believe, again, I feel like I'm on the courtroom um, witness (laughs) stand here. (laughs) I can't say it enough. I believe the individual has a right to choose for themselves what they want to do. Amazing. So let's just leave it at that, and let's talk about other things that go on in our world. Do you believe racism exists? Oh, absolutely. Do you have any proof of that? Well, I obviously know uh, the history a little of our country and of our world, for that matter. Racism is not limited to the United States of America. But yes, racism exists. And give, still exists. Give me it, proof. I believe we've made some progress in the last few years, in the last maybe generation or two. But honestly, I went to Atlanta some while ago. I'd never been to that city before. And I went to the Ebenezer Baptist Church because I wanted to see where Martin Luther King had preached. And across the street is a museum. And I went to the museum across the street and I was absolutely shocked. I had no knowledge of Jim Crow laws. Do you know back then in the South that a black baseball team could not play on the same um, baseball diamond as a white baseball team, a little league team? We're talking little boys, that they were segregated by race, and they were also not allowed to even play on the same baseball field on different days. They were segregated physically, totally. The cemeteries were segregated as well. You could only be buried in certain areas. You couldn't be uh, buried in the white cemetery. um, We all know about drinking fountains, where there were colored drinking fountains for black people and white drinking fountains for everybody else. Those kinds of, of divisions and separations, I think, are totally abhorrent and against God's will. I personally believe it is against God's will. And I think that we are doing the same thing with gender when we try to divide and separate and say, can do this, but you can't do that. I believe it's up to the individual that God has given agency to, to make their decisions. And so do you have any proof that racism exists or ever existed? Well, honestly, that museum was full of it. It had the documents, it had the laws, it had the testimonies from individuals who were taped on videotape. So, yes, there's total proof abounding about that. Oh, so are you saying that that is proof that racism existed at one time or is this, are you saying no, that's I'm proof saying of that it? We had, we, had a, we had a situation, at least in, as far as I know, it was in mostly the southern states, where there was a complete separation between white and black lives. Are you saying that is proof of racism? Yes. Then why didn't the blacks and the whites see that as racism back then? Because 
prior to the civil rights movement, uh, the blacks and the whites didn't see that as racism. And there oh, were some Harriet white Tubman people. That I was, think Harriet Tubman was an absolute heroine of rescuing slaves from the South who were unfortunately unable to escape without assistance from their bondage. But I'm asking you total bondage. Why didn't the blacks see that as racism back then? Why did they all did. of a sudden if it, they did? Did you never read Frederick Douglass? Where is Frederick Douglass now? He's dead, but I rest then, my case. Well, we're nobody's immortal, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I um I grew up under Jim Crow law. I know about the colors only, the whites only. I was I grew up in Alabama at that time. My gosh. And black people were better off then than they are today. And they were doing just fine until the so-called civil rights movement came along. And the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, although God told the blacks, oh, you're being discriminated against. This is wrong. We want to be your leaders. We're going to make the white people love you. And they, and the, some of the blacks fell for that. But the older black people didn't want us to be a part of the civil rights movement because they knew it was a setup. And so they brought in the civil rights movement. Jesse Jackson and all those guys said, oh, this is bad. This is racism. And they, they became the leader of the people, the blacks. And then they sold the blacks over to the Democratic Party because most black people were Republicans at that time. And it's just been downhill for the blacks ever since. They have not, not all, not all, but they're not independent thinkers. They don't, they don't have families anymore for the most part. They are begging and blaming the white people. Enough is never enough. We've given them everything they asked for. They're still begging and blaming the white people. Why did the blacks get worse under the so-called civil rights movement than they were before the civil rights movement? I disagree totally. And what? I was there. I disagree totally. I don't know if you really think you're better off now or worse off now. That may be your personal experience. But I know that for the country and for the people in our country, we're better off now. No, the but black people. my opinion, and I'm going to stick to it. But have you noticed the blacks beg and whine and they want to lower the I standards in our I country? I don't characterize that at all. I think that well, we why do have they want, why do they want affirmative why do they want affirmative action and reparation rather than earning their way? We have a completely different worldview, and I don't want to get into an argument with you about it, Jesse. But you uh, you can discuss this with your community. But my uh, opinion is that our country can do better. What else do y'all need to do for the blacks to make them better? Our country can do better for everyone. What can they do for the blacks before the blacks say, that's enough? We had enough. It's, We're going to do it on our own. Well, you know, I can't speak for the blacks. That is up for discussion, but I'm not in authority or knowledge or experience to take that on. I cannot take that on. So do you disagree with me that the civil rights movement, other than abortion, was the worst thing that ever happened to the blacks? I think the civil rights movement was a absolute wonderful thing. What the? Everybody. And so what's wrong with the blacks then? Why can't they, 
If the Sumerite I said movement I was can't a, speak to that. That is not my issue. I cannot deal with what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. The people I deal with don't have the same attitude about blacks or about Latinos or about Asian Americans. We have a much more um, inclusive approach with uh, the folks that I work with in the legislature, and we respect each other, and we respect each other's heritage. Are you afraid to, let's say you're in the legislature, right? You know how loudmouthy black women are in the legislature. If you disagree with a black woman in, in government, will you be, are you brave enough to tell her, you know what, I disagree, you're wrong? Are you Jesse, brave enough? I'm disagreeing with you. I guess I could disagree with someone who's a woman. But, I, you know, <laughs> at the most part, it's not something I'd, I would uh, enter into an argument with. I, oh, try to find, I try to find a path forward to get to yes. Why would you argue with a black woman in government and legislative? I I do not argue with people in legislatures. I listen, I listen, and I try to bring them forward to find common ground. That's how we make progress, Jesse. If uh, we just sit around and argue with each other, we don't get anywhere. I agree to that. Do you have anger? Oh, doesn't everybody? I get angry when I na hit a na my thumb instead of a nail. <laughs> I tell you, I can't be so klutzy. How could anybody be that klutzy? And so, so you do have anger. Of course. Do you have I'm perfect being? <laughs> do you have perfect peace? Perfect what? Peace. Peace. I don't have perfect peace, but I do have fundamental peace. Is mm -hmm. it possible to be born again of God to have returned to the Father and not have perfect peace? I think perfect is a, a, a state I don't understand. I'm not perfect myself, uh, but maybe Mother Teresa was. Where is Mother Teresa now? We're all mortal, Jesse. We're going to die <laughs> sometimes. Christ mm -hmm. came that we may have perfect peace. Why don't you have perfect peace if you believe in Christ? It's a journey, Jesse. You continue to, you continue to move along that journey. So you're overcoming your anger? I think I do overcome my anger, except when I hit my thumb with the hammer. <laughs> do white people, uh, are white people racist? Many are. But not most. I can't speak to most, but I do know that racism still exists. A black and it's unfortunate, and I'd like to see it go away. But black as I said... It, it's something we have to acknowledge. Are black people racist? I'm sorry? Are black people racist? I think anybody can be a racist. How about black people? Anybody can be a racist. Are black people racist? Not, I don't characterize any group of people. Individuals can be racist, whatever they're racist. Do you love white people? Not particularly. You don't love white people? I just love people. How about white people? Not in particular. I love all people. But not white I people. I love all people. Do you love huh? white people? Well, I love all people, Jesse, don't you? But I'm asking about white people. Do you love white people? Not in particular. Why not? I've said that three times now. Why don't you love white <laughs> people in particular? I just don't. Wow. So does God love white people? 
I don't think so. I think God loves all people. But not white people? All people. But how about the whites? All. Do you love Donald Trump? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Do you love Donald Trump, the great white hope? No, no, no. I told you I laughed my head off when you said that. You don't love the great white hope? <laughs> Does God love the great white hope, Donald Trump? I can't speak for God. Who knows? But but you don't love him. How could anybody love that person? That's a good question. <laughs> because he's a, he's a son of God. He put the country first. He he sacrificed I'm, a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to discuss this with you, Jesse. I I am here to talk with you about how we can make our lives better through state legislative action because we can. Amazing. And I I don't think what you want to talk about is what I want to talk about. We have a truckload of illegal aliens coming into our country from around the world. Should we put a border, a wall up around the country? You can put a wall up, but it won't make a difference. People will still come here. Should we put a wall up? I don't think, I think it's a waste of your effort and money, personally. So you think that a wall will not deter the illegals from coming in that way? Nope. Really? Should Israel have a wall around this country? I think they made a mistake when they went there. Mm -hmm. You made, but made, again, I'm not here to discuss world events or national events. I would like to talk about my book and about why state legislatures can make our lives better. With this concern in the wall in America, does it make sense to you that my country is sending money to Ukraine, to Israel, to Iran, Iraq, and everybody and their mama, and their mama, and they're not putting one dime into putting up a wall or putting out military around our borders. They seem not to care about the American people at all. Is that right? the right thing to do? Jesse, I told you, I'm not talking about national issues. Don't talk about right here at home. Issues. I'm not talking about those issues. I'm talking about what state legislatures can do. And state legislatures have no authority over foreign or immigration or foreign aid or any of the international issues you're talking about. So if you don't want to talk about state legislatures, let's not talk anymore. Meaning that I'm black and I'm slow, so I think I just caught on what you're saying. You're saying that state legislation should not be concerned about the illegals coming in and whether a wall go up or not and not be concerned about its citizens in the state. We are concerned about the people who come who are in our state, our state residents. Yes, absolutely. But it is not our job to um, <clears throat> enforce uh, international boundaries. That's um, unfortunately that's up to Congress, and Congress doesn't seem to be able to do anything right now because they're so divided. But if they could get to um, some kind of a place where they could act. Immigration reform should be one of the first things they could do. Are you for defunding the police? Heavens, no. Mm -mm. And actually, that's one of the issues that we do deal with 
in our state legislatures are issues of criminal justice. Are you doing deal with it? Are you trying to get funding for the police there in your state and bring them back? Yes. And what do you think about the fact that our government do not enforce the law anymore? They just don't do it. And they're allowing a criminal in your state, my state, California, to just go wild and rob and steal and kill and all kind of stuff. But if a citizen yeah, I think, screwed up... You know, I do think ever since the pandemic, there's been a kind of outlaw culture going on in our country. I notice this just by driving on the freeway, freeway where people are driving like maniacs yeah. aggressively, cutting you off, tailgating you, and even random violence from cars on the freeway. It's like an outlaw country in some ways. A few people just think rules and laws don't apply to them, and they're making it bad for all of us. And we need to make sure that we have the rule of law and we have safety and public safety in place. And are you for uh, no bails bond? I'm sorry? You know how they have no bails bond now if a person commit a crime, they don't have to go to jail or they get out without having to put up a bond, pay any money? Yeah, I don't, I don't work on that issue. So I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. But I do think that we, we have to have um, uh, a better um, approach to corrections. People who end up in prison need to be able to as as the job is supposed to be, to correct their behavior, right? Yeah. Not to just continue what they've been doing as, um, unfortunately, you know, creating when be, their... When I become president, I'm going to bring back the chain game. Remember that? <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if you have any kids, but I bet you put them to work, too. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Your book. Jesse, I got I got to wrap it up. I've got another meeting at noon. Okay, we're so almost, I our to... hour's almost up. I want to ask you about your book. Your book, Getting Elected is the Easy Part. How did you come up with that title and why? Well, I was, um, during the pandemic, thinking about my work in the legislature and saying, I've learned a lot of lessons and I know how to get stuff done in a legislature. So I really should share what I've learned for others to be able to not have to learn it quite so hard as I did right. because I ran into a lot of walls on along my way. So I, uh, I just decided that I'd start writing. I didn't know I was doing a book, but it turned out to be a book. And uh, now I just would like to share what I've learned with others who want to make their states better places to live for everybody. I've really been so honored and so thrilled to be able to take action on fundamental issues that people's everyday lives are improved because we've been able to do so much to help. You write about uh, lawmakers needing bipartisan support. What is that exactly? Well, nobody is in the majority forever. I've been in my time in the legislature, I've been in the minority two times. I've been in the majority three times. And when you are in, a, in the minority in a legislative body, you can be treated as if you don't exist, as if your voice is not and your vote is not counted because the majority has the votes it needs. 
to pass stuff. But what happens is when the change, when the elections turn things around and you are back in the majority, well, then those bills that got passed with just one party vote get repealed by the new party. So to create real change, it needs to be lasting. And to be lasting, you need to have some support from both sides of the aisle. And that's how you make real change. Amazing. One other thing I want to ask you about the book that I thought was interesting. You also write about balancing family needs and work demands. What do you mean by that? Well, um, the problem with legislatures are they happen in the capital of the state. They don't happen in your hometown. So you have to physically travel to the capital. In your state, it would be Sacramento. And you can't necessarily get from Los Angeles to Sacramento and back to Los Angeles every day that you're in the session. So you need to have a support network with your own family, with friends, with whatever you can put together to make sure that your family has the attention and care it needs when you can't be there. You're in session on the floor of the chamber in Sacramento. Amazing. And you also write about lobbyists. Is lobbying a good thing or a bad thing? You know, especially in a state like California, which has term limits, and so people don't get a lot of experience, the lobbyists are the real legislators in many cases because they are permanent. They don't ever go home, and they never get unelected. So they stay there and learn how to make things happen for their clients and often are successful at getting that done. That's how they get paid, by making things happen for their clients. Now, some of their clients are fine and some of their clients are not, but they are for hire and work for a paycheck, and they do their job as well as they can. But they know the ins and outs of how to move legislation and budgets better than the lawmakers do because they are term-limited and they're just there for a couple of years. I noticed that over the years that the lobbyists and the representatives are in bed together and it become more about the money than it is about the people that they're supposed to represent. And so for that reason, I think they need to get rid of the lobbyists and then the people should be term limit. And if they don't do what we tell them to do, throw out the bombs and bring us <laughs> away. You know what I mean? <laughs> It happens every few years, actually, yeah. Yeah. i got to put you on the hot seat, so I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible, all right? Okay. The hot seat. What is love? Love is the most human of emotion. Is our borders currently under invasion? I don't think so. What is a man? That's for a man to tell you. I can't tell you. (laughs) When I become president, I plan to ban all computers and bring human beings back to work. Is that a good thing? I think that's impossible at this point, but I think it's really good to have personal interaction. I do, too. Is it okay for a black man to love the Confederate flag? A black man who chooses to love anything is up to them, not for me to judge. Which is worse, the uh, Black Lives Matter organization, those people, or the KKK? It isn't for me to judge. Personally, I thought the KKK 
was an abhorrent, hideous, hateful organization. You thought they were worse than Black Lives Matter? I don't, I don't know them personally, but my reading of history is that they lynched people. They put people by the noose and hung them from trees. Do you know That's who the, damn bad. Do you know who the wicked witch of the West is? Oh, <laughs> uh, the one that Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz was looking for. <laughs> How about Maxine Ward with the low IQ? <laughs> Have you ever told anyone how the cow ate the cabbage? How to what? Have you ever told anyone how the cow ate the cabbage? No. Uh, do we need more white babies? I, I think maybe, um, I will tell you, I just got back from a trip to Norway. And I was so amazed at how many happy babies I saw in Norway. Honest to goodness, the, feet, the streets were full of strollers of moms and dads and babies, and they were very happy and smiling, and I thought that just looked like paradise. I'd like to see more happy babies. And were they white babies in Norway? Well, we were in Norway. They were white babies? They were, in, they were pretty much all white in Norway. Nice. So we need more white babies in America then, right? We need more happy babies. Would you All ever, kinds of happy babies. Would you ever run for president? No. Has anyone ever told Hoppo to beat you? Ever told what? Told Hoppo. You know who Hoppo is from Open Winfrey? No. Color. Uh -uh. You told Hoppo to beat me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Does the bear shit in the woods? It's not. Uh, bears don't have toilets. <laughs> did you have fun? I did. Thank you. You're quite, you're quite entertaining, Jesse. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you for coming on. Tell the people how to get your book and sure. your website, sure. whatever you want to put out there. Sure. You can buy it online from Amazon, and uh, it's called Getting Elected is the Easy Part. And it's a, a personal memoir as well as true experiences of how to make lives better for the people in your state. Amazing. Well, I really do appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. And folks, remember, you can support The Fall Estate by going to thefallestate.tv and slash donate. Also, we are locals. So click the link in the description to support our work. Like, follow, ring the bell, and all that good stuff. And check out our merch. It's Christmas time, New Year's, Thanksgiving. Amazing merch. So check it out and let us hear from you. Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye now. <laughs>